Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host Peter, joined this week by Tom. How are you, Tom? I'm good, Peter. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. And we are joined by a special guest this week. Only joking. Returning <laughs> from his state of absence. Gunnar, how are you doing? Doing very well, thank you. It's been a while, it's been a while. It's been two, a while, eh? Two weeks is a long time of fantasy football. Right, we shall go quickly through our bit of housekeeping and the league and stuff like that, and then we'll get to our points and we'll get into the action. So, first of all, top three in the league. Number one hasn't changed. Bookie Blinders, Jamie Spears, 69 points. Second up, Celtic Reserves, Richard Pignatelli, 65 points, so two, three, two all in. Third, remembering Terry Monroe, good name, 63 points, turn it we're all in. And the highest score of the week was Chick Charlie's underpants on a wild card, got 96 points, so a well thought out and well worked wild card. Quick look through his points. McGregor goes one point, Suter two, Taylor for 10 points, Gura. Taylor. That's a good pick. McGinn, uh, McGinnis five, Furuhashi three, Captain Turnbull for 50 points. Boom. Banging me two. Woolery two. Morelli's vice-captain, 19 points. Boom. And Kane, two points. So that was a, a banging wild card. So, second of all, John Guthrie Cup. John Guthrie Cup was around to leg one. How did we all go on? I'll start first, Tom. Me and you were playing each other. So as it stands, you're holding a 17-point lead. Getting to the second leg. Confident? Um, well, we'll probably come on to that. But... Uh... If you're going to pull the trigger on a potential wild card, then it's not pulled. so much, no. It's pulled. Pulled it on, yeah. isn't it? Oh, well, here we go. I'm I'm, I'm quaking over here. Evan, <laughs> <laughs> you going to hold you go on? I think, I think I'm trying to find parents for Everton still to play for. Excellent. Two points on it, yep. So, I will read through quickly the results and I'll take over to Tom and then we'll get at it. So, another kind of strange week in Scottish football On the Saturday, we took we had two games with Livingston one, Motherwell two. So Livingston's dismal start to the season continues. With Celtic six, Mirnell, that's two in the trot for Angie Celtic at home. On the Sunday, we had St Johnson nil, Dungeon one, Ross County two, Rangers four, Hearts one, Aberdeen one, and Dundee two, Hibs two, and a game which really Hibs should have kind of put to bed, but they didn't and finished the draw. So Tom, before I let Gunnar come in with his thoughts, you want to talk us through Tom time and what you thought of the last game week? Um, yeah, so obviously the big score for Selic, 6-0. Uh, St. Mirren had an early red. Alan Power was sent off. 
We've seen Turnbull with a hat-trick, Abada two goals, and Edward as well. Assists came from Ralston, Taylor, and Welsh, and Rogic. Um, which kind of... I've been critical of Celtic in previous weeks. I've uh, I've needed something to... Uh, I need, I've needed them to prove to me that they can provide points, and they've certainly done that this week and uh, in recent fixtures as well. So I'm, I think I'm probably gradually going to move over to three Celtic players. I currently have Furuhashi, um, who didn't really do much on the weekend. Um, I think it's time to consider who else we're going to go for. I like Turnbull, I like Abada. I think Christie's perhaps overpriced at uh, 6.3. McGregor's 5.6, but he's not the most attacking, though he, he does have a, a wonder strike in him every now and again. Rogic is playing well at 5.3. And James Forrest, I think, overpriced at 6.2 and seems to be kind of in and out of the squad. We also have to consider defence, Ralston and Taylor. Ralston only 2.4. He has 32 points, which is joint highest with Turnbull. Though um, we have a new player at Celtic, he's going to be challenging for his position. So I'm thinking about perhaps at least going for Furuhashi and probably a badder because at 4.9, I can't really quibble with that. Uh, he's got 25 points so far. He's 1 million cheaper than Turnbull. And I think if you take away the Turnbull hat trick from the fixture at the weekend, I think a badder's been a bit more consistent when you look at the European ties as well, coming in with goals and assists there. So that's who I like. Who are you considering, Peter, in your, your wild card? Glad you asked him. <laughs> As it stands right now, my wild card structured this way. Furuhashi, I think we've all agreed, we said it weeks ago, Gunnar, you've not been here, but you've mentioned it on, on their group chat and that. He's going to be a no-brainer. You set and forget him if he's fit the rest of the season. He's in your team. I've got Turnbull in right now because I think I can get to him because it's a wild card. I don't think I can get to him if I try to transfer him. I know you mentioned Abada, Tom, but I think Abada is more prone to rotation if Forrest is there and Christie maybe says a contract. I know you said Abada looks good, but I've really liked what I've seen with Turnbull the last two weeks. I think his fitness has improved. I think he's getting more involved in the game. I think his decision-making is, is terrific. He doesn't take a shot at goals unless he thinks he's going to score. Very, very rarely is he shot on goals not on target or, like, to use a Scottish term, a ball here away from it. So, I like that. Abada's an option, but again, if I'm the wild card, I'll start with Turnbull and Abada goes nuts. I can get to Abada downgrade, but I'm going with mm-hmm. that. At the back, I've got Ralston. I know, Gunnar, you asked maybe late to the party with Ralston, but I agree with you, Tom. I think Ralston's going to keep his place for a couple of weeks yet. And even when, what's the guy's name? He's come in the Croatian. I was call him JJ because that was his initials. Yeah. We'll be J- J- Joseph Jokov, Joseph or something. We'll go with JJ. Uh, when he comes in, and if he starts being number one choice right back, I've read a lot analysis about him, and he starts, and I think he's going to be an assist machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's a cynics analyst Celtic podcast said that so far this season, uh, Ralston's conversion rate for crosses is nine percent, and your man JJ's rate was thirty five percent. So, in an Angie ball situation, if he's playing the right inverted winger, inverted fullback, pushing forward, more chances these balls connecting to Kyogo, players like that. I think mm-hmm. I, will get, I will get to him once he's confirmed playing. And again, like I've said, my team will later. I've got players I can easily downgrade elsewhere to bring him in if need be. 
Do we have a price reveal for JJ? Do you know how much? Was it 4.8? 4.4? I think it was 4.3. 4.3, there you go. Point one out of the second guess. I knew he was <laughs> quite a high end, but I think it'll mm-hmm. be well deserved by we come the end of the season, I believe. Yeah. Good. What's your thoughts? I think before Peter started talking, I was pretty set on a bad over Turnbull, but I hear what he's saying, especially on a wild card. If you go for Turnbull, it's an easy downgrade if then uh, Abada goes off. I mean, he's also scored twice in this last game when Turnbull got his hat-trick, so not a bad return from him himself there. Mm-hmm. And on Ralston, maybe, I think I have it here. I think it's one of the questions later as well. I think there's an argument to be made that like Ralston and Abada on the right-hand side there, they've, they've started to form some kind of understanding. I think, Peter, you mentioned it on our group chat as well. And Tom, I think you said you could see Ralston playing on, at least until uh, the international break. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with that. I think and I get it, it's Ralston's shirt to lose. But, but like I say, they bought a new right back and he's, he's going to play. Uh, fantastic prize for Ralston. I, I just kind of think this, the ship has sailed there on him now and the, the new right back is probably a better option. Unless Celtic sign a new left back, uh, I like Greg Taylor, 3.4 million, I think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. He's on 17 points, I think is what I seen earlier. And he is someone I'm considering transferring in this week as well. Can yeah. I answer something like that, Tom, for you move on? See what with Ralston? He's 2.4, I believe. Yes. See, if you've only got two Celtic players on your team and you only want to have two Celtic players on your team, there's no issue having Ralston as a bench trick as long as he's going to be featuring some games, I think. Not like 2.4. Unless yep. you're intent having three Celtic players in. And also with the midfield options, he's mentioned about a Furuhashi and Turnbull. I think any two of the threes would bang on. I think I don't you need to worry about it. They're all going to mm-hmm. at one point score more than others. It's just if you're lucky and move the right week, you might look out. That's me. Nice. I actually had a note here saying um set like a played Rangers next, so there's one week to free up funds and shift it into the midfield. But obviously the, the recent COVID news, it might not be. You might be shrewd to ju- jumping on Selic just now and they might get a result considering there's going to be some key pay- players missing. But I suppose we'll come on to that. Uh, leading on to the other Saturday fixture then, uh, Motherwell 2, Livingston 1. We've seen a goal from Tony Watt, assist from Ojala and a goal from Grimshaw for the win. Uh, Livingston, it was Alan Forrest who scored and the assist came from Bruce Anderson. Uh, those who read through the expert picks will see that I picked Alan Forrest <laughs> on the weekend. Um, he is the eighth highest scoring midfielder uh, and he comes in at a modest 3.8 million uh, so he's maybe a nice cheap option for those uh, but I, I'm a bit more interested in the two strikers we've got Bruce Anderson at 4.5 million and Tony Watt at 4.7 now Tony Watt is actually the second highest scoring striker with Bruce Anderson coming in at sixth uh, Tony's got two goals and one assist in his last three and he's also gleaned two bonus points in his last two games as well. Bruce Anderson, not so much. Uh, one goal and one assist and only one bonus point. So I do like Tony Watt as a nice cheapo option. Uh, the other cheapo option that um, we've talked about in the past is probably Cummins. He's the third highest scoring striker, but he doesn't always start. So he's maybe a good option for those that are looking at a cheap third striker and like using the bench trick. 
But I digress from the fixture. Anything to add on Livingston Motherwell? Peter? Hey, Tony Watt, I believe I like him in a third cheap, cheap striker option. If Nisbet disappears, we get him in and up to Jiharazvik, or his name is, right back. Uh, Livingston, I'm not interested in the MD for Livingston at all. Forrest or Anderson, I just they look terrible when I see them. All right, the goal worked out good then. They do look terrible. I, I predicted that the season they would be relegated. You can go back last night, I said 12 Livingston. I think Rose off the Bloomy Martindale. I think his team's got on free fall. Forrest maybe getting a return. I don't I don't see it keep up every so often. I, 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 there's better out there. And McGuinness, Hibbs 3.5. To me, that's a, a no brainer. In comparison, he's going to probably get more. He's probably more nailed. Probably more chance of getting returns. So I just don't want to get Livingston unless their fortunes turn around significantly. Mm-hmm. Well, the previous two games were Rangers and Aberdeen, so tricky fixtures. I've seen enough. <laughs> <laughs> Gunnar, can I tempt you with Alan Forrest or Bruce Anderson? See, it's very similar <laughs> for me with Livingston. Just looking at their games as well in the next four. Three out of those games then against Hips, Celtic, and Hearts. So not a not a tempting fixture on really. And it's similar for Motherwell as well. I, I looked at replacements for uh, Nisbet as well and Tony Watt. Could be an option against Dundee this week, but then the next games as well, Aberdeen, Rangers, county game in there, and then Hearts the next game. It's also not really like the best run. Four, four point four million, although don't don't mind it really as like a third. Chipo, mm-hmm. but on Cummings maybe I know he didn't he doesn't always start, but I think every time even when he just come on he personally for me he passed the eye test he looked lively and I don't like I own him after what what you said as well I think on the podcast Tom when it was between Cummings and uh, who's the other strike for Motherwell Van Veen Van Veen yeah mm-hmm. yeah um and I went for Cummings there and really happy as a Chipo coming off the bench. But the bench trick in my in my team uh, can't complain. Nice. I'm not going for Livingston either. I'm just <laughs> playing, de- playing devil's advocate then. Uh, okay, Dundee two, Hibs two. We've seen goals from McGowan and Cummings, assists from McMullen and Adams. Uh, Hibs, we had Boyle penalty. Porteous scored with our old friend McGinnis, who we've spoke about in the past, uh, with the assist. We've seen Boyle hit the woodwork in this game. Um, it was actually Cummins who was top man for shots on target with three. Boyle only two. Um, not too bad. Um, what else have we got? So a, a well-owned Hibs player is um, Paul McGinn and he's not had a lot of returns. Um I don't think Hibbs have had many clean sheets and he's not offering anything in attack either. So I'm potentially thinking about getting rid of, and McGinnis could be coming in as a third Hibbs slot. Uh, he's had another return. He is on 21 points at only 3.6 million. And if we compare that to Boyle, he is on 25 points, but he's a huge 6.2 million. So almost double in price, but a similar sort of score. Gunnar? Are you thinking about McGinnis for future fixtures? So first of all, I really don't mind uh, Onan Boyle at the price that he's at. He, with him being on penals, I think he looked very very good on the weekend uh, 
again and i'm not planning on moving off Boyle anytime soon mcginn i'm in the same position he didn't really offer much like clean sheet wise next fixtures are quite tempting against livy now this weekend and hearts and mirrens and johnston before they play rangers in game week eight but yeah mcginnis I, I think you can't really get around him in a way i mean you have charlie adam for 3.9 million i know he got an assist this weekend but having someone like mcginnis who just turns up and like with like goals and assists on a weekly basis so far uh, and he's looked really good um He's only 0.1 or 0.2 more expensive than what uh, McGinnis as well. So I could see myself making a swap there. McGinn out and McGinnis into the midfield somehow, maybe for Adam in, in, mm-hmm. in my team. And Peter, does McGinnis feature in your wildcard? And I'm open honest here. It was the first guy I put in the wildcard. First one I put in straight into the team. I watched that full game on a Sunday. And I know you mentioned McGinnis's points compared to Boyle's points. But see if Boyle had maybe some more fully functioning alert players next to him, he'd have got so many real points. Matthew missed a sitter. That other lad, Scott, is it Scott up front? Missed a sitter. Mm-hmm. Boyle went through. I mean, to me, he looks a step, a, a class for the rest of them when he's on and he's fully flown. They just went on the same level on that day. And if they'd have returned on the assist, then you'd be talking more points. But it's just a, like a with a coulda, shoulda situation. And with McGuinness, and McGuinness, I think it looks fantastic. Every time when I watched the highlights the first couple of weeks, I thought he stood out a lot sore for him. And this week, watching him not in the flesh but live for 90 minutes, I thought he is going to return a hell of a lot this season. The position he's playing and the players got run about him. Nice. And what do you guys think about Nisbet? Because he's not really offered much so far this season. He's been in and out of the team. He was supposedly sick on the weekend, but could be on the move. Peter, what do you think? Uh, currently holding him. In my team now, the wildcard, because I've said to you before, it's like a high price point, you can go elsewhere. Yeah, we're going to get early hips team news. Uh, so if he's playing, he'll stay because we're a wildcard. If he's not playing, I'll go elsewhere for that one fixture because I think he might be on the move. But it's got a really tempting fixture at home, and with the old firm being another fixture, I think my captain and vice captain might be in that fixture, depending mm-hmm. on team news. Good, are you still going to stick with Nisbet for now? See, I, I think it really depends on on the problems that you have in your team. I personally think I have like bigger fires to put out than Nisbet. I spoke to Peter off pot and uh, we, we said that it's uh, Nisbet. He wasn't sick himself. He was just uh, isolating because he was in close contact. So I'm expecting him to play this weekend. He's got a good game, like a good fixture at home to Livy. Um, and... If, if he does leave the league, for example, you get your free transfer. We've, we've all said this before. I don't really like all the other options that I could go to. And see, if he, if he went to Celtic, that would mean someone like Edward probably leaving. And then I could see Nisbet in the team. So that's, for me, this isn't really like, like, like a problem. What happens with him next? You get a free transfer or you get him... A, one of the best teams in the league, or he stays at Hibs, where he's then the best striker with favorable fixtures. I would have probably preferred not to get early team news on Hibs because I want to make other transfers, but when I see him not playing on Saturday, I'm going to be tempted 
to free up these funds and reinvest uh, somewhere else. But as it stands, I'm going to hold them until the window closes, until after the international break, and then uh, see where we are. Yeah, I think, I think maybe keeping them for now just as an insurance policy is probably wise, just in case he goes crazy one weekend, because we know he's got that in the locker. But uh, my, uh, I'm waning a bit on him. I'm, I'm struggling to keep him in the team, and I might be tempted myself if he's not in that starting eleven. Um, on to St. Johnston and Dundee United. Uh, Dundee United won 1-0. Peter Pollock with the goal. Assist came from Nicky Clark. Uh, building on last pod, we talked about Dundee United, how they've been quite impressive recently defensive-wise. That's now two clean sheets in a row for United, one of which coming against Rangers. Um, in terms of St. Johnston, though, they do seem to be a bit distracted by their European conquests. Rudy and the likes are quite... Uh, Come in quite a sort of highly priced tag, and they're not really offering as much just now. Um, Gunnar, what's your views on St. Johnston and Dundee United? So, I've just checked my team. Uh, Xander Clark, he's got a bonus point, he's got a point for four saves as well. I don't mind owning him. Um, Did you actually ask me about St. Johnson? I was a Ross County against uh, St. Johnson. St. Johnson. <laughs> I was just like, mm, all over the place here. So, and then looking at my transfers on my watch list as well, I had a few St. Johnson defenders on there. But I need to check their fixtures. I haven't looked in, in too much detail. I got Saki Show's ticker open here. So, St. Mirren in the next game, then Rangers, Aberdeen, Hips, then Dundee. Tough run as well. We don't know what kind of Rangers team is going to await them in game week five, but it's quite a while away still as well. I don't mind holding Clark, but I'm not really interested in loading up any more St. Johnson players as it stands. No. Peter, what's your views? On the wild card, so I moved Clark because his price is rose. I believe that is it rose two point two in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So I've moved to Carson because he's now going to be confirmed first choice goalkeeper because he got this out. So it's two point five starting goalkeeper, and I've moved to McCart at two point four because he's pretty much nailed starting defender as well, and I believe he's the second highest defender point scorer. So he's not too far off Rooney, and it can easily switch in and out depending on fixtures with the Aberdeen boys. Mm-hmm. That's because Segrist has done his ACL. He's going to be confirmed out for quite a substantial time. Oh, good. Well, not good, but... <laughs> <laughs> I like your thinking behind it is what I mean. Um, okay, then. That moves, move on to Hearts 1 and Aberdeen 1. Uh, Boyce, penalty for Hearts. Aberdeen, it was Ojo. An assist came from Campbell. Um, we've, t- we've talked a lot in the past about Ramsey and McKenzie. The offer is attacking returns and the price tag is is brilliant. It really does free up funds. But in terms of Aberdeen, defensive-wise, they've only had one clean sheet in all competitions so far, and that was a league opener against Dundee United. Not a team really have been really pro- prolific in front of goal. Um, I think, for me personally, uh, Ramirez, I, I still think he's he got to justify his price tag. He's still quite expensive and there's cheaper strikers doing more. Boyce, on the other hand, um, 
I reckon he's probably, if you kind of class him with the lower end of premium strikers, he's probably the one to have. I'm starting to weigh on Nesbitt. So for me, I'm maybe, I think perhaps the way forward might be Boyce and two cheapies. But um, what do you think about that, Gunnar? Yeah, if you don't go Ramirez, then I think it very much is Boyce and two cheapies. If you're taking Nesbitt out. I don't mind owning both of the cheapies in defense for Aberdeen. I think they've got 16 and 18 points respectively, although they only kept the one clean sheet, as you said. I just, while you were talking, I had a look at Lewis Ferguson. Uh, he's only played twice in the league now, and he's picked up yellow cards in both games. Mm-hmm. So a bit of a magnet for that as well. So the three that I would prefer are probably still the two cheapies in defense. And then Ramirez, if you have to. Decent fixture against Ross County, I think it is, this week. Yeah, I don't mind it. I still prefer Nisbet over Ramirez, though. Yeah. Peter, have you went Ramirez in your front three? Ramsey McKenzie survived the wildcard. I think they're just so cheap. It's all about two million, so you get the price rise off it. So quite happy to, as I said, rotate with McCart. Uh, Ramirez in the now I've got Boyce Nisbet and Ramirez up front I've said he's again on the chat Ramirez is one I was swaying on he's no guaranteed but that fixture I think he'll be in and if he doesn't get nailed he doesn't return I'll be going to a cheapie but Boyce is going to be definitely unless Boyce picks up an injury I'm on him two weeks too late I mentioned that at the start he's probably the very start I'm, uh, but he's nailed he's got he's like a talisman up front everyone goes through him he's in the team for the rest of the season and Ramirez and Nisbet I mean, I've got thinking that maybe if Morelos doesn't go, I maybe go really cheap one and get Morelos in somewhere else to have Rangers, but he's got to stay, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's looked... Rangers may have looked up and down, but Morelos has looked really sharp when he's on it, European and league game. So if he stays and gets nailed, uh, I think I might get to Morelos as my second Rangers player. So that leads us on then to Rangers-Ross County. Um Goals came from Aribo, Goldson and Morelos and Arfield. Assists came from Morelos, Tav, Kamara and another one for Morelos. Ross County, Harry Clark scored and Jordan White got the penalty. Um, Goldson was top for shots on target with three, uh, which kind of speaks a lot about Rangers' attack. Uh, Rangers' highest scoring midfielder today is actually Glenn Kamara with 14 points. Not really someone we considered at all last season so it just kind of goes to, to show uh, Kent and Aribo and the likes are perhaps underperforming when it comes to the league games uh, Peter you talked about Morelos there he is he does come with a an 8 million price tag which is huge um, one goal and two assists in this game but he's only had returns in this one single game so so far this season he's maybe a one game wonder I'll have to see if he stays or not um, Gunnar, what's your thoughts on Morelos? Until Peter mentioned him just there, I hadn't considered him. Like you say, he's only returned in this one game now so far in the league with a huge price tag. And I would have to rip up my team completely to get him in. That is one thing. But also, I think until now, I was still, still kind of set of like the double Rangers defense, like double up there. It's probably still something I would do. I wouldn't 
like just like the situation we are in now with like this game week is, is all a bit different. I'm, I'm talking long term. If he stays Morelos, that is, then he could be an option. But it's really it's really something that that you have to change a lot. Like in my personal case, I have to change a lot in my team for. And I can remember from last season as well. He, he didn't really get me the returns that that I want. I think was a bit streaky and every time I had him he didn't really return and I captained mm-hmm. him and I didn't get anything from him so I don't know just not don't really have the confidence in him at the minute and I'm I'm waiting to see what happens with him anyway if he stays or or not I still think with Rangers the best bet is probably Taft plus another defender midfielder Kent he's too expensive for me Joe Arebo a fantastic goal this this weekend but he's not gonna I don't think he's gonna do it on like on a weekly basis. So I would still look in the defense for value in this Rangers team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all Rangers bids were quite streaky last season and Morelos as well. But Peter, you're on a wild card. How are you approaching Rangers considering the recent performances this season and also the, the news of a COVID outbreak within the squad? Hey, just having you and I'll hold them for the weeks coming after. Uh, the Morelis talk was more about down the line. I'm not thinking anytime soon. I mean, if, if the window shuts and he's staying and he's going to be nailed up front and if he's hitting four and he keeps it up, then I think it'd be a no-brainer for most games. That would have to coincide. Rangers still probably a bit leaky at the back compared to last season. I mean, and then there's there could be a point in the line where maybe Tavney lost his place to Patterson, then it's an easy switch for the mm-hmm. funds. Go cheap in the back and more expensive up front. Okay. But it's, all, those, it's just a waiting game. It's a wait and see. And for those that aren't familiar with the game, who, who's out? Can you can you tell us? Oh, the COVID contacts. Yes. Right. This is not guaranteed. This is only a rumor and hearsay online, but it's supposedly meant to be Gerard, but he's not playing anyway. It's not chat no. manager fantasy game. Uh, the two goalkeepers up with McLaughlin and McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. Tavernier and Bassey at the back. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Kent and Wright in midfield. Yep. And I think that's it. Okay. Like that's okay. MD also was mentioned, I believe, was not as played much first team football, so it wouldn't really affect the game. Mm-hmm. But again, that's all none of that's been this is all because somebody's went and looked at the boarding list for Rangers or who's in the airport, and that's yeah. that's names who are missing. So they're putting two two together and getting four, and hope that would be the correct assumption. So keep an eye on team news. You want this, it won't matter because it's a Sunday kickoff, so you'll be too late to tie into your team. Yeah, that's true. We can, well, we can, we can listen to the pressures. That's true, Gunnar. They're playing in Europe 30, so you'll be, able to, you'll be able to pick who's not playing in your team. Yeah. Um, anything to add to that? Happy with that. Happy with that. Um, just to round off then, um, we've been kind of doing this weekly, looking at the top 20 scorers for that particular game week and seeing how they're distributed amongst the different positions. Um, so this game week, uh, top 20 consisted of one goalkeeper, six defenders, nine midfielders and four forwards. And if we look at the previous two game weeks combined, uh, we've only had one goalkeeper, so that's two in total. Uh, defenders, 17, so probably the most dominant position. Uh, midfielders 14 and forwards seven. So I think maybe what this indicates is perhaps 
focusing on defence and midfield. Forwards, maybe not worth the investment. And goalkeeper, just set and forget. Agreed. Anything to add to that? Or anything, any other angles that I've maybe not covered? No, I like that running list because it'd be good to keep it going through the season. Uh, I think you can tell straight away from the start the goalkeepers aren't getting much bonus points. I remember I said at the no. start we might get a game where a, te- a keeper goes nuts as loads of saves, but it isn't pan out that way so far. But does that information make you reconsider who you're going with just uh, three strikers, Peter, on the wild card? Uh, no, because I think Boyce is just going to be, he's going to score resistive goals in most games. Ramirez is more of a punt because. I like to look him. I know it's maybe just his flashy Ramirez American oil, but he's played <laughs> in one of the top four teams. Mm-hmm. So Boyce is the one that kind of, the, he's a standout we knew before he came to the league. He's done it before. It was cheap on him. Rangers Celtic strikers are probably too expensive. There's better assets in the game. So the third and fourth best team are meant to be at Hibs and Aberdeen. So you're mm-hmm. going for, I'm going for Hibs and Aberdeen strike and, and assuming that they're going to be the best of the rest. But like Tom says, maybe just go for cheap up front. But a wild card, they're high price points, so if I need to change, I can change to pretty much anywhere apart from Celtic Rangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back over to you, Peter. Right, okay. I was going to ask you to add to that, but we really kind of curls went along. Thomas gave us a nice little interplay to get in and have our thoughts. Well done, Tom. That's, that's, a, that's a podcast of business for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Watch list update. We started this couple weeks ago. Gunnar, just a couple of players who, who's caught your eye in the last game week who maybe not be on your transfer radar right now, but somebody you're going to watch down the line. So I see you there kind of a bit of a list, so anyone want to give us one or two names? Do you give me a full list? I really want the list of all your lists, but one or two names will do. Well, so I've added Turnbull this week, pretty obvious after his hat-trick. Uh, Abada, he was already on there. Um Mackay Steven as well. He's flagged in the game when he was flagged last game week as well. Um, strikers had Ramirez. He was on there last week already. And I've added Tony Watt this week. Tom, same question to you. Any watch list updates? Um, probably all the Dundee United backline. I'm interested to see how they go. Um, I think they offer some cheap options um, defensive-wise. And if they can consistently keep clean sheets, I'm a bit worried now that Seagrist is out. So I'll continue to watch until I'm satisfied with that. Um, McGuinness is still on there. Um, Tony Watt, I mean, Motherwell haven't been great so far, but he seems to be emerging as a, a sort of talisman there. Um, Celtic-wise, Furuhashi, I don't know who I'm going to bring in this weekend. I might, considering the absences at Rangers, I might even just make a move for a bad or a Turnbull. Um, still yet to decide. Uh, I'll keep an eye on them in the European fixture against AZ on Thursday night. I'll maybe make a decision after that. Um, that's probably it for me. Right, you covered basically names I had wanted. I was going to say Tony Watt. Dungeonated back line, but I've went for Carson. I'm on a wild card, I suppose. My wild card is my watch list, if that makes sense. I kind of have the week I'm thinking. Uh, McGuinness I brought in, and I like, I always see his name wrong. Is it Begging Me for Hearts? Mm-hmm. I really like him. I think if Hearts got a nice run of fixtures, I might move him from somewhere. 
at some point. It depends if they keep their form up. But I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I will quickly run through the fixtures before we get to our transfers, captains, vice captains. Let me go there. So this week we have got on Saturday, so you're going to free early kickoff. So at six teams, you'll get early news for hopefully if all the teams are up in time. Dundee United versus Hearts, Hibs versus Livingston, Motherwell versus Dundee. And on Sunday, you've got Rangers versus Celtic, Aberdeen, Ross County, and St. Manus and Johnson. So for me, what stands out there, two games that's not the old term, is Hibs early kickoff against Livingston, sorry, early team news. We're going to get a teeth into that. And Aberdeen, Ross County on the Sunday. That's the two fixes I think are quite tasty for assets. So any thoughts on the fixtures? And then after that, Tommy, let us know transfer plans. I know you kind of mentioned it, if any. Um, Ross County, they've conceded quite a lot this season, so um, probably Ramirez, it's maybe his time to sort of prove himself. Uh, also, the, the fullbacks as well. You've got uh, Ramsey and McKenzie. Ramsey seems to be the more nailed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they can potentially offer some attacking returns. They've not been great defensive-wise, but maybe maybe they can keep a clean sheet this time round. Uh, for Rangers and Celtic, given the news that we've had, Rangers' form's not been what it was last season, and Celtic seem to be gathering momentum. Um, I could I could probably see a few goals coming. Uh, hold hold that both. thought on the Rangers Celtic game, Tom, because that's the topic coming up next. Oh, okay, I'll uh, hold that thought then. Got any idea on any fixtures and any tickle your taste buds with the transfers? The fixtures you picked out, Peter, the Aberdeen game and the Hips game. Um, I think the two fullbacks of Aberdeen, they can have a lot of joy down their respective flanks. Ramirez up top, I think if you own him, then he's a definitely a hold for this week. And um, yeah, hope that he can start turning it on against a team like Livy. So a bit of target practice maybe for him and then reassess uh, over the international break, I would say. And the Hips game... Same thing. I mean, oh, they're playing against Livy. Eh? So potentially maybe getting a clean sheet out of McGinn would be good. I think Boyle and McGuinness could have a bit of joy against them as well. And we'll get early team news to see what we do with Nisbet. Obviously, if you switch from him, you just free up a lot of funds. And you can you can then bring someone in like Turnbull in midfield. I don't know, maybe go for one of the Celtic defenders if you wanted to. Maybe against Rangers, not the right game week to do it, but you could try and get ahead of the of the curve there, get that out of the way. And like, if you don't play or haven't like or don't plan on playing your wild card anytime soon, you have two frees, for example. You could, uh, yeah, like I say, get ahead of the curve and bring in a Celtic defender. Mm. But for me, this, those are the two fixtures as well that stand out like the Aberdeen and the Hibs game, apart from the old firm this week. Okay, and this is one of those rare occasions when it's really rare. Captain and vice-captain, and you can't pick Tavernier. So, Tom, what is your, what is your captain and vice-captain of choice right Ooh. now? Um, vice-captain will probably be Furuhashi, because he tends to score goals, but um, he scores a lot more goals than he does assists, so I'll probably go vice-captain for him. Um Captain wise, probably Boyle. I think they played Livingston. I think that's a good option. Okay, good. Same with you. 
Yeah, I have the boiler as captain as well. I'm not, I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Jack Ross, I, I seen a training video. He calls him Boily. Uh, I don't know, Boiler, Boily, Martin Boyle, my captain probably, and Furuhashi Kyogo, uh, vice captain. Ah, I think that's quite soon thinking. If if Nisbet's playing, I might be vice captain in Nisbet. Other than that, I think Furuhashi is probably the best bet. As Tom said, he's more on the end of things rather than creating things. So we've got a vice captain rather than captain. And if Hibs are going to attack in numbers, there could be a chance Boyle goes another penalty or just hopefully Jamie Murphy and Cole actually turn up this week and get him some assists as well as a captain for that. Right. So our topic of the week, it's been asked quite a few times. People have discussing it on Twitter as well. Old firm game week four, how to negotiate. So we also had a question at the same time, just to make sure we don't miss it later on. It's from our very own Robbie Dempsey, who is the winner of League of Believe. How would you approach the old third game if you owned four or five players for Celtic and Rangers? So obviously that question came in before the new connotations of Rangers and the COVID situation. But let's just say, right, how many have you got going on as it stands? many old firm players you got? I have, is it only three? I think it's three. Yeah, two Rangers and one Celtic. Many do you have, Tom? I'm the same. And I have got a four and a wild card. Turnbull and Furuhashi. Tavernier, who won't be playing, and Ralphson, who would be on my bench anyway. So technically, I'd have three. But most people in the game, I believe, will have four or five. So we'll answer the question from that kind of point of view. So, Bjorn, I saw you had extensive notes on this situation. So you'll let you start first. So Robbie didn't tell us which players he has, but he says four or five players from Celtic or Rangers. So I'm going to presume that includes Taff and maybe either Goldson or Barisic. I think he has, right? I think he had the Lunties team before. I think he has Turnbull, Furuhashi and Tavernier. At least that's if you remember him having. Right, see? And then I have Celtic-wise, you probably have Ralston, Furuhashi and one other midfielder. So let's say Turnbull. Uh, I would probably start Tavernier and use him as another bench trick player. Uh, I'll, if you had a different or, a, or another Rangers defender, I'd probably bench that one. Same as if you had a Celtic defender, you said it there, Peter Woodrowson, you would probably bench him. Because then if any side keeps a clean sheet, which I don't know, probably, <laughs> I don't know how likely it is, but then you get the defender with the most points on. And I think with this COVID issue now, uh, Selig could really have like a really good game against the uh, Rangers. That is kind of my feeling. And that is kind of like the, the angle I'm, I'm coming from as well. We had this last season and like my mate, John, who I did Fitball Weekly with uh, the, the, the other podcast, uh, he is also a Celtic fan and he was always playing his three Celtic players uh, <laughs> when we all knew last season, I think Rangers were running away, running away with the league. Uh, but he was just sticking where his like allegiances lies. He's a Celtic fan. I think you just need to like really ask yourself who do you think is gonna win? And going by the form that we've seen, I think, and, and, and also like the mood coming out of the respective clubs. I think Celtic are really on the up, signing new players, the atmosphere is great, the form is good. And then you compare that to Rangers with the captain out with COVID or like close contact, whatever it is, and then other players as well. The whole mood in the in the club as well. I think it was three defeats out of six games now in the start, if you count the uh, European games. On paper, I think this this game 
looks like a Celtic win. And same as last season where I put all my eggs in the Rangers basket because it looked like Rangers were going to win and run away with the league. I'm going to put my eggs in a Celtic basket and have Furuhashi, probably a batter. Maybe Taylor. I'm not too sure if yes, and I'll mention him anyway. Uh, yeah, Celtic win for me. And that's how I would set up my team as well. Oh, okay. Same thoughts to you, Tom? Um, yeah, so based on based on the, the it's, it's currently rumoured, but I don't know, it's, it's fairly nailed that they're not going to have a first or second choice keeper. It's going to be a third choice keeper. Uh, they're going to be without their captain, Tav. Um, I mean, they've been winning games, but form hasn't been quite on their side. They've not been the solid unit that they were last season. Um, something's changed a little bit there. Whereas Celtic, they seem to be an attacking force just now. They're relentless. we seen on the weekend there, it was a 6-0 win. I mean, they've got a very important game this week coming against AZ on Thursday night. And then obviously the big derby game on the weekend. So they still went out there and just kept kept going at the goal. Um, and they ended 6-0. They didn't stop. So for me, I would probably play Tav because based on what we learned on Thursday night, if he's not going to play, then you can use him as an additional option for the bench trick and you'll get two of your three best benched players coming into the game. If you do own another Rangers defender, I would probably bench them because I think Rangers will concede. Uh, I would play all my select players because even Ralston, he still he can still provide goals and I think Celtic are just going to be relentless again. I can see goals in this game. I, I potentially certainly could concede because looking at Starfelt, he's always got a big mistake in him. Um, Rangers, if they concede, they're going to have to start coming out and attack. And I, I think they could probably bag a goal. But if you've got a Celtic defender that is attacking-minded, so if you're on Taylor or Ralston, I'd probably start those. Less so Welsh. But even then, he did manage an assist on the weekend. I will... Say it depends what your makeup is of your players. For example, if you want Rangers goalkeepers, I would be getting rid of because a they start off with none of them is nailed. See a lot of rotation. I'd be using my transfer there. Tavernier, I'd be more inclined to hold because you say Tom do a bench trick and any kind of COVID situation. There's an international break, so there's another two weeks to the next game. So he'll be back and hopefully fighting fit to back in the team. If he had a three Rangers triple up, I think in a bit of trouble. If he had maybe if he had Bassey and Tavernier, not people would have Bassey. Tavernier, you've got that. You need things move about. If I had any Celtic midfielders we mentioned before, Turnbull, Carty, Furuhashi, or Abada, I would keep because, like you said, I cannot see this game finishing nil nil. And if Celtic's going to score, there is a probably big high chance that one of the three players would be involved in the goal. Other than that. It's going on a message to start. It's trust your gut. If you really think Rangers are going to win the game regardless, then stick with the players you've got. If you think it's going to win the game, stick with the players you've got and to see how the how the dice fall, I suppose. I don't think it's going to be as cut as dry as last year was when Rangers were basically rampant in all four games. Hmm. Okay. hope that's covered the, the topic well enough. So we'll move on to our community questions. Oh, quite a few this week. A lot of them are quite similar. So... We'll probably touched on it, but we'll just kind of cover it again quickly. 
Right, here we go. We have got first up Dory Robertson, Dory 1977. Would you consider going triple Celtic in midfield? Also, a captain tab days numbered. If so, where should we be looking? Again, question was asked before what situations is came about. But Gunnar, what do you think? Celtic midfield triple up. I think we can cover it and Tavenier captaincy. Yeah, so double Celtic midfield is definitely an option that I'm considering uh, considering currently. Triple, I think I could only do if I get rid of Boyle and probably prefer Boyle with him being on penals and just like spread the risk a little bit. Uh, so, so I don't just have always like players in this one game. And he's just looked really good. And he's could have had more returns, like you said earlier, Peter. So it, for me to do this triple up in midfield, I would have to get rid of Boyle, which I don't want to. Another way that I'm thinking, I said it earlier, I think to get into um, the Celtic points would be via the defense. So getting like Taylor, he's the cheapest currently uh, of the fullbacks. If you expect Juranovic, I think his name is, to start soon. Uh, so I, I would do this. I would double up in the midfield and then get a Celtic defender um, just like it's it's like what you said at the start of the season, Peter. He they're gonna be Celica gonna be top or second top for clean sheets, for goals, for points, and all this. So more often than not, they will probably return something, be it clean sheets or attack and returns, even the defenders. So yeah, double midfield and one defender. And second part of the question was that uh, where who are we captain if Tav doesn't play? Yeah, Boyle and if, Furuhashi. If, yeah, yeah. If if Tavenier. Days are numbered because I think Donnie's been oh. keeping a lot of not keeping as many clean sheets. So, where would you be well, looking elsewhere? Well, so for this game week, okay, I think Taft can be considered a good captain pick because we don't know what, what's happening with him. We're expecting him not to play, but I don't think it's the right time to be jumping the ship uh, for for other long term long term plans already. How many price drops are we going to expect? One maybe two if people jump off him to free him the funds. But then after the international break, he's probably back and he's owned by like, what, 50, 60% of the game. You're going to want him back uh, sooner rather than later. So I, I don't, I'm not on a wild card and I don't see myself wasting the transfer just to like get out of Tavernier. We, we all three said it, use him as a bench trick if, if you can and just roll with it. You're not going to lose too much value on him, I don't think. Um yeah, so one, two weeks. I'm happy to hold him through that. Uh, yeah, I made my point about the second most points and goals as well. So uh, he's going to come good, is my opinion. You, you've seen him last season. He's still one of the one of the best players in the league, probably. Uh, so just hold him. Right, I'll go next on for you. Triple up midfield. I think it's viable, but like Gunnar said, I don't think I'd like to have all my eggs in one basket every game week. I think two out of the three. Any two to three, you can even rotate the two to three and bring a transfer every so often. But two to three is a good option. My plan will be to bring in how do you pronounce it? Juranovic. 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 We'll get that right a couple weeks' time. I think my idea would be get to him at some point of two in midfield. And with the captaincy option, again, again, I agree. I don't think Tavernier should be jumped off anytime soon. There's fans back now, so see fixture dependent. Celtic Rangers don't play at home the same weekend. So you can also just change it by who's playing at home. If Rangers got Ross County, Captain here, Captain Tav. If Celtic go home next week, Turnbull through the hash. You can just change it week to week. I don't think it's as locked as it was last year, but it's Captain Tav every week. 
It's a fixture dependent, and if who's at home, I think would be the, probably the best bet to captain. Tom, thoughts? Um, three set like mids, go for it. <laughs> uh, he's all in now. I'm all in. He wanted to sign a couple weeks ago, Gunnar, but he's all in now. I've, I've had a premonition. I've seen it. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just think they're, uh, they're just a force to be reckoned with. All, go for all three of them: Turnbull, uh, Furuhashi, and Abada. Just, just get them in. Uh, get uh, Boyce up front. Two cheapos to free up the funds to do it. Captain Tavs probably. He, I'd, I'd say he's. I'm not, I wouldn't be willing to get rid of him completely, but I don't think he's a nailed-on captain week in week out. Um, but he is still. He's a Rangers player, and Rangers are probably going to finish first or second this season, most likely second. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's captain. He's on penalties. He offers attacking threat through set pieces. He, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be rushing to get rid just yet, but I think yeah, fixture dependent, and just monitor Rangers' situation um, over the coming weeks. Okay. Next question is from Josh McSee at Josh underscore footblog. Should I save the free transfer until after the national break or go Abada to Ferguson? Because then Ferguson has Ross County at home. So I think we kind of covered this recently. If Gunnar, you mentioned before, Ferguson played two games and two bookings. For me personally, I would stick with Abada. I think Abada can still outscore Ferguson this week. But what's your thoughts, Gunnar? Yeah, so I took uh, Ferguson out for Kyogo last week. And like I can see the appeal with Ferguson still if he's on pens, but also having Ferguson and the two Aberdeen cheapies in defense uh, like blocked any potential move for Ramirez, for example. If he starts turning, like if he comes away this weekend with a hat trick, then we'll be changing our tune, and then he needs to be definitely in in game week five and whatever. And then so I blocked this, so I got rid of Ferguson for Kyogo, and I'm actually looking at someone like Abada or Turnbull coming in uh, this week. I know Ferguson is playing Ross County, but for me, yeah, but like the move that uh, Josh is asking about here, I, I wouldn't make it. I wouldn't go from bad at Ferguson, but but that is me saying, like, I, I'm thinking Selig are going to win this game against Rangers. So, but if you're thinking Rangers are going to win it and you think about is going to do nothing, then like I can see where Josh is coming from here, just like for me personally, um, that's that's not a move that I would make this week. And obviously holding a free transfer over the international break and being super flexible when we when we come back uh, is a good move. Just make sure you're not looking away from a problem that you have in your team, that you're so set on like wanting to roll the transfer and you're ignoring something that needs fixed, then rather fix that. You, you don't know. Huh? We might have Morelos leaving, Edward leaving, Nisbet transferring clubs, Ferguson might leave, and then you, you're coming into like wildcard uh, territory, yeah. and then you're sitting there with two frees that you never used. Huh? So I think it's a good plan, rolling free transfers and having two over international breaks, but if you have something to fix, like fix it. Thanks for coming, Tom, thoughts? Uh, I too got rid of Ferguson for Furuhashi last week. Um, I don't really see the appeal with Ferguson. He's not in amongst the attacking returns. He's not really getting uh, completed passes and uh, all the rest of it, those different categories. Um, 
Abada, yes, he does play Rangers this weekend. Um, even prior to our knowledge of the situation regarding the Rangers squad, Selig then going to play Ross County and Livingston, probably two very leaky defences, and we've just seen at the weekend there what Selig can do. Um, I would be sticking with Abada. Okay, all covered. Next question then is from Brian, Blades Attack. Should we sell Kevin Nisbet immediately or sooner? Very well done, Brian. <laughs> Presumably, if he is goes to Celtic, he's not going to play week, week in, week out. So, Gary, you kind of covered this before. So, you might go on again about keeping him for a free transfer. For me, it's a hold. Like I said before, if he does leave the league, it's a free transfer. If he goes to Celtic, he'll presume he's going to start because they're going to sell Edward. Um, if he stays at Nib, uh, if he stays at Hips, then Nisbet is their best striker. Um, he has a good home fixture this weekend. I don't think our hand is necessarily forced because, as far as we know, he wasn't sick himself. He was just like isolating as a precaution, so he should be coming straight into the team. Uh, who knows about this this new lad? Maybe maybe he can somehow complement Nisbet and they go two up top or something like this. I don't. If he starts this weekend and we'll get early team news, then I don't see the need to be moving him on. If he doesn't start, then I understand why people want to free up funds and do something else. Huh? Maybe go to a Ramirez then, because we know for a fact that he won't play. Then I'll, I'll understand. But if he does play, I don't see the need to be moving on from this bit. Tom, same question? Yeah, I mean, he's got Livingston at home this weekend. If he's going to play, then I'd probably at least keep him for that. Uh, to be fair though he, in my team he's on a shaky peg uh, he takes up a lot of funds he's not really doing it whereas cheaper options are uh, we need to really need to kind of see if he's if he's going to stay with Hibs or not for me it's a wait and see I think there's probably bigger fish to fry within the team getting the, your team ready for the weekend because Tav's not going to be playing if you've got other players that are maybe uh, flagged as potential injuries, injuries and stuff like that. Then there's maybe more pressing concerns within this in your squad. So I'd stick for him for now. Yep, my thoughts exactly. I'm assuming most people have one Rangers or two Rangers players who might not be playing. So if Nisbet's in the team, one more week's not going to do any harm. Then you've got the international break to think about it. He might be gone with the team you can back, and then it's another problem solved. But it's a, I would kick that can down the road one more week regarding Nisbet as long as he's playing. Next up is a question from the Scottish Fantasy Football Community, Fantasy uh, SFF Fantasy Com. With Yusuf Juranovic arrival at City Park, does this mean Ralston is dead as a Fantasy Scotland pick? If so, what are the options regarding this replacement? I want to start this one first. I don't think Ralston's dead as a pick because I think the way that Angie's football is, he's playing that much relentless football. Ideally, he would like probably 22 players playing every position, one each, because the style of football and the high press and the high tempo. I think you'll see Ralston still get his fair share of games and at that price, it's a risk. If you can't get to the creation lad, stick with him, might play this often game. I can't see his name there, that's why I'm saying every time. But if you can get to JJ, I'd get to him because I think once he gets that nailed in, I think he's going to, he's going to be really, really different uh, class in the right back position. I still think Ralston plays fair share of games, but it's whether you want to go from a Celtic player who's not nailed but really cheap 
Or do you want to move the funds elsewhere to get Celtic player who's nailed but will cost you more money? Tom? Um, my approach is a little bit different. I think Andrews came in. I think he said to the squad, look, I'm a new guy in here. Everyone's got a, a fresh start, a new chance. Um, and Ralston's stepped up to the mark. He's performing. The new guy's coming in. I, I could, I don't know. I think he has to give Andrew a reason to drop him, first of all. I wouldn't be rushing in. I think if you own him, stick with him for now and uh, monitor the situation and, and just monitor his starts and, and see what happens there. But I wouldn't be rushing to get rid just yet. Jonah? I agree with both of you. Uh, I have it here too. It, it is... If you think about Ralston being dropped, that's probably harsh on him. It's He's performed very well over the course of the, te- of the season so far. And like Tom said there as well, it's his shirt to lose. But having said that, Selig bought a new right-back Croatian international probably to start as, at right-back as well. Just the fact that Ralston has played so well and the price that he comes at, I think until we definitely know he... He won't start and he won't play. Then it's an easy hold. Huh? You need to think about that. You're blocking one of the Celtic spots. Then in the future, once once maybe Juranovic comes into the team or once Angie sets sets up some kind of rotation between the two. But for now, new lad is only just in the door. Ralston has played a fantastic season. It's early doors, but so far he's been really really good and. Until he's dropped, he's playing. That's that's what it is in my book. And for two point four million, you you can't complain about a Celtic defender. So keep him for now and and just see what happens in the coming weeks. I suppose just on that, you'll get a good idea in game week five because that's Celtic play Ross County at home. Is that right? Yes. So if Ralston's out of the team for that game, then maybe we start thinking a bit more. Yeah. That's after a national break. He'll take what with players and coaching and stuff like that. So we'll see if he's nailed on. And if Ralston starts game week five, then I'm like, well, jackpot, you hold Ralston until he move. Right. Next up is from Matthew McVeigh. That's Mike McVeigh on Twitter. Best replacement for Nisbet and Doig. Hibs don't seem to be fine apart from Boyle. So we've covered the Nisbet situation, really. So we don't really cover that. We've mentioned Ramirez, Watt, Boyce, Cummings, cheaper assets. But what do you think is a good replacement for Doig? Tommy mentioned earlier on that Hibs aren't keen much clean sheets. So if you're Doig, who would you move to from Doig? Um, it depends what the back line looks like. I mean, if you want to dump, jump into uh, a Dundee United defender, you could go with one of those. Uh, they'll probably, that'll probably free up some funds for you as well. Um, if you don't own Ramsey, then he's a, he's a, he's a good option as well. If you're maybe looking at something short term, you could even jump on. Um, you could even jump on Ralston. Good. Same question to you. Just pulled up the app, sorted by points, and yeah, if you're looking for something short term, really, maybe Ralston. If you want something immediate term, then maybe Greg Taylor, left back for Selig. Um, Hips really is a bit uninspiring. I mean, Porteous, he's the same price as Doig, if Doig is still 3.1. Um, Donny United has been mentioned as an option. Peter, you're going for McCart. St. Johnson, they're playing like they're playing Samaritan this weekend. 
and then Rangers, Aberdeen, Hips, all three in a row. I also have Xander Clark, so I wouldn't, I, I don't probably, probably won't double up in defense there on St. Johnston. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Well, the chances Doig is going to get sold then before the window closes. What do we think? So went quiet on that. There's not been much been Doig. He had that mm-hmm. week when he was out of the team because he was toxic, but I think he has a holding out for a certain fee and teams are not matching it. So as it stands right. now, I think there's a high possibility he'll be there after the end of August. I don't want to say hold, like hold every player that we're being asked about, but Hibs are playing Livy this weekend. And if you see that Doig starts, just play him, wait till the window closes. If he does go away, you get a free transfer. And if not, you have a bit more info then, a bit more yeah, grounds to go on to, to make your moves elsewhere. So <laughs> nothing stands out apart from the Aberdeen lads, basically. <laughs> well, so I presume the, the two Aberdeen yeah, lads are already on. I think owned. he's going to have one of them at least. Yeah. I imagine so. Right, last question is from Sean McCready. Scoosh2605, our guest a few weeks back and also the inaugural runner of a half-hour fantasy podcast league. So thanks for getting in touch, Scoosh. His question is, again, it's, been, it's been covered. Stick with Nisbet for now or replace, if so, who with? We've covered that. Also, who to captain if Tavernier is confirmed is isolating? Definitely. Well, I'll start. I wasn't going to captain Tavernier this week anyway because the game he's playing in. So we can already mention it. We are going to go maybe boil. I think we all kind of cover that. But options, gonna. Yeah, I'm pretty set on boiling for Hashi now. Ramirez maybe as an outside pick against Ross County. He could have a bit of fun against them. I think their their fixtures, Aberdeen's fixtures, aren't that bad again, uh, until game week eight. No, 100%. I don't, I don't know 100% if they're still in Europe. So if they have like the the midweek games and how, how that is going to affect them. But probably my captaincy on captaincy and vice on uh, Boyle and Kyogo. Tom, same question. Yeah, probably just what we've said. Either yeah. Selig mid, Boyle. Um, if you're feeling lucky, maybe Tony Watt against Dundee. That's probably it. That's probably, probably the standouts. Yep. Okay. That is us finished with the Scottish game in. So we'll move on to the FPL. We'll go to our league first. So the FPL, half of the fans, podcast league. The top three is E6 and a wee hammer sign. J Placey, 88 points, 200 all in. So that's an average of 100 points a week. That's bang on, isn't it? Second is Barcelona, Barry Jones, who I believe is FF Bass, who's also in our cup, 91 points for 190. Third is uh, Laura's All-Stars, Daniel Archer, 84 points, 189. And the highest point score of the week was second place, Barcelona, Barry Jones. So the week review then, we're not doing that this week, it's not much time. So our scores, so I'll start with you, Gunnar. How'd you go in this week and FPL? 81 points overall. Um... I have Sanchez and goals for six points, 12 points from Trent, 11 points from Simicas, Shaw, four points, Captain Salah, blank, six points, Rafinha, seven, Bruno Fernandes, one points, fantastic, Grealish, eight points, two <laughs> points of Tony, Ings with eight points, and Antonio, 16 points, Natten on the bench. Tom? Yeah, I got 65 points, Martinez and goals got me five, Shaw got me four, Armati, nothing. Loughton, one. Trent, 
got me 12. Captain Salah in midfield got me six. Mares got me six. Fernandez one. Ben Rama 12. Uh, up front, I had Antonio for 16 and Tony for two. Right, I had 75 myself. Most of that came on Monday night. Backman won. A problem in goals. We have to be replaced soon. Uh, Tomaskis, 11 points. Trent, 12. Shaw, 4. In midfield, Bruno, 1. Salah, Captain Blank, Gunnar, 6. Barnes, 2. Benrama, 12. Up front, Ings, 8. Antonio, 16. And Tony, 2. And Kufal on the bench was 5 points. We missed out on that, was it? So... We're going to start doing one topic a week, potentially two topics covering FPL because it's now up and running. So we kind of want to get our juices flowing. We did talk about it a lot last year. We all, this is how we get into the Scottish game playing FPL first. So the topic this week is there's so many big hitter teams in the FPL this year. I feel like there's more than ever. And there's some players playing like teams. Antonio, for example, which is pricing up. But I'm going to make a couple of names and I want to see how you're going to get them in if any, and who are you sticking with for definite, and how would you get to certain players if, if need be? So, example, we've got Salah, Bruno, KDB, Trent, Lukaku, Kane, and Son. They would be probably mentioned the most premium players in the game. Mm-hmm. So, Gunnar, how many do you have? How many do you want? And do you plan getting any of them in? So, I have Salah and Fernandez of the ones that you mentioned. I think um and Trent. Oh, and Trent. I don't think I'll be taking out Trent and Salah anytime soon. <laughs> that might be my Liverpool glasses on, but they're staying where they are. Uh, I'm open to getting rid of Fernandez around game week seven. And with the funds getting someone like Romelu Lukaku. Because I think game week seven is pretty obvious. Uh, Fixture swing between Man United and Chelsea. So get off Fernandez, get on to Big Rom. And then I think it's the question about I want Son in somehow. I, I probably would have to drop Trent. I'm not willing currently. Um, and we'll, we'll have to see what happens with Harry Kane. So I've seen today on Twitter, he's confirmed he's staying this summer at Spurs. So might be away in January, but he's staying for now. Um, remains to be seen how motivated he is, how how he's going to deal with having to stay at Spurs and not getting his big move. What just, yeah, like, like how he deals with it, eh? how it infa- affects his way of playing. Um, I still think Son is a good option. I had him down as one of my top transfers for uh, this week, but I just couldn't fit him in without having to change too much. Bit worried about it, but is what it is. But the one thing I'm targeting is the Fernandez to Big Rom switch around game week seven. And you didn't mention KDB, no interest at the minute. No, I had Grealish from the start of the season. I'm I've dropped him now. I spoke to a friend yesterday who had Mares in his team, he's dropped in as well. Probably could have held him against Arsenal, but it's just the uncertainty of. Who plays for Pep? I'm not sure. I'm considering considering Diaz in defense, for example. But again, Man City has such a good team, but it's really hard picking their FPL assets. So I survived pretty much like long stretches of last season without having any City players and without having to worry about Pep and whatever he's come up with again. 
because they're playing relegation candidates or whatnot, or because they had European games midweek. So it's just a lot less hassle, not having to worry about and not having to hope, oh, who knows, is KDB only going to play 10 minutes or whatever. So as it stands, not interested. And well, I wouldn't know how to fit him in. What if Man City say Ronaldo, would that change your chin? That's gathering pace online. Is it? Uh, uh, dear God, please no. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Tom, same question. Salah, Bruno, KDB, Trent, Lukaku, Kane, Son. Many do you have? Many do you want? And many, how do you plan to get any in? Um, I have Salah, Trent and Bruno. I could potentially get Son in. Um, I've got Mares here at uh, nine point nothing and I've got two million in the bank so I could upgrade him. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Um, I'm probably going to stick with Sal and Trent in the long term. I think they're probably season keepers. Uh, Man United face Wolves away and then Newcastle at home. So I'm probably going to stick with Bruno for, for at least the Wolves game and see how he gets on. As I said, I could potentially get Son in for the Watford game. I'm not too sure, though, because I'm looking at my front line. I've got Antonio, who I'm very happy with. Uh, I've got Ivan Tony, who I'm unsure about. And then I've got Perica, who is, uh, has went to... Tel Aviv for the best. <laughs> so that's my front line. So obviously it needs it needs some investment. So if I take that one million and upgrade Mares, it only leaves me one million to perhaps upgrade Tony. Um, upgrade who I've got Dennis. I could, or I could upgrade with point five and go Adams at Southampton. Um, I don't know. I'm not too sure. In terms of Man City, I'm probably going to have to um, just do without for the time being. They're fairly low on the fixture tickers. They've got Arsenal, Leicester, Southampton, Chelsea, then Liverpool over the next five. And uh, Chelsea are in a similar position as well. They face Liverpool. They've got a nice fixture against Villa, but then they've got Spurs, Man City, then Southampton. So for now, I'm probably going to have to go with the stick with Liverpool and Man United for now I suppose there is always the opportunity of going for Spurs but it would, it would have to be Son or maybe even taking a gamble on Deli Alley. I think Kane's well out of each at the minute plus we kind of know he doesn't really want to be there so how is he really going to perform for the rest of the season I don't know um, so that's probably my approach in terms of heavy hitters No interest in Lukaku? Not at the minute, no. Just because of Chelsea's fixtures and it would be major surgery to try and get there. I'd probably have to get rid of Bruno to do that. And what if Man City say Ronaldo? Um, I'd have to see what price he was. Let's say he's 13 million. Would you try to get one? Not, not initially, no. I'd, I'd, I'd have to give him time to adapt. Right, myself, I'm sitting with Salah, Bruno, Trent, and spoiler alert, my transfer week was Sun in, so I've got four. Uh, Sun will be next week's definitely, because I fixed us in the S3 week three and four. Long term, I think I'll want to get to Lukaku. You mentioned the fixtures uh, turn, going on, that's when I'm going to do it. But it's going to be 
probably as you said yourself, Bruno Lukaku for that short run. Because I believe after the run finishes, it goes back to Bruno having a crack run again for week 15, I believe, onwards, something like that. I haven't checked that yet. I think, I mean, I've just used and scrolling through Twitter. I think once it's a seven or eight weeks, the fixtures turn again, and Man United's fixtures are fantastic again. But then mm-hmm. by that time, you get more data. It could be Sancho or Pogba mentioned before, or Greenwood could be firing. So it doesn't have to necessarily go back to Bruno. But I want to look at Quinn. Like you say, Tom, I think Kane's just too far out my reach. I would need to rip up the team. Trent. I like all season, as long as Liverpool keeps all at the back. And I think that's it. I don't think I've run the else. KDB, same reasons, not interested, too much rotation. The stress of not playing one game because he's playing in Europe midweek. And I've got some. Happy with that. So, and I said he signed Ronaldo. Yeah, I think Ronaldo and rip my team up. He's in there. But maybe what Tom says, not straight away, but he'll be in at some point. Because that's if the... the the focal point they want up front, they tried to get Kane, it wouldn't happen. They missed yeah. out, they missed out in Messi by chasing for Kane. So if Ronaldo comes up, I think they would take that chance and have him in that role. And I think in that team it would be the Ronaldo probably again would probably demand it to play most games for the signs. He's not gonna want to sit the bench. Better in his contract. I'm playing mm. Pip. I'm ro- I am roulette proof. <laughs> right, so before we finish up, went captains and transfer this week. Good, you read the majors and I made mine, but I'll let you go first. Transfer. Uh, so I have three, two free transfers. I've already uh, made one last night. I did Grealish to Benrama uh, after his first price rise, but I think he's expected to rise again, Benrama that is, uh, this week before the deadline. So I've pulled the trigger there. I have one free transfer, 1.8 million in the bank. Uh, like I said in the FFS questions earlier, I'm considering maybe rolling it the second free transfer to have two frees after the international break might it's the same thing though we might come into the territory of a lot of transfers happening Ronaldo coming or whatever and then you're wildcarding and you're wasting your your two frees there so I do I'm, I haven't decided yet what I'm going to do with my second free transfer could be something like Veltman I've got him he's injured I could fix that I could bring Diaz in for example or Simicast, maybe if there's confirmation, like take Simicast out, bank the price rise there, bank the point one, and maybe switch to someone like Duffy, for example. No, I haven't, de- haven't <laughs> decided yet. See, I looked through my screenshot there uh, last night from like the Scottish Scottish game that I took last season, and it was back to back weeks where I captained uh, Duffy and or like vice captain him in one week and he got me 28 points and then captain him in the week straight after he got me nothing so it can can go either way and captain this week who are you on uh i am undecided but my bus captain is on antonio same here I mentioned my transfer earlier on. I went Barnes away to Sun before Barnes price drop and Sun's potential price rise for the weekend. And from that, I moved Ings down to Adam Armstrong for Southampton, who I really like look of. I'm going to really be on his bandwagon all year. And right now, captain is on Antonio. And I think he's not going to be with Antonio. Tom, captain and transfers this week. Um, as it stands, captain say will either be Antonio or Ben Rama. Um, in terms of transfers, I've got two in the bank. Um, I'm probably going to get rid of Tony and Mares. I'm looking at a potential 
Dominic Calvert-Lewin in for Tony and Rafinha in for Mares. Um, I like DCL. Him and Antonio um, have at least double every other striker for shots on target. They're both on six. Um, Adam Armstrong's an option as well. He's had three shots on target and is only six million. Um, I think if I was to do the DCL and Rafinha in, I'd still have money left over in which I can upgrade Perica to Adam Armstrong at a later date if I wanted to. So that's what I'm working with just now. Okay, that's us over. You want to get your plugs in? Gunnar, start with you. Yeah, I'm at FPL underscore Gunnar. Uh, I do the captain polls for FFS. I post my teams on there. Uh, I shit post and put <laughs> FFS uh, memes out if I see something funny. Uh, yeah, if you want my opinion on your teams, then just send them over and I'm happy to give advice. Also had the graphic department mention that. Yes, yes. Tom, plugs in. I am at FFS underscore scout. Um, I know I keep promising to do an article. I've yet to do it. <laughs> um, I'll try and do one this week or over the international break. Well, we'll see how we get on. Um, but you can hit me up on Twitter. Excellent. I'm also at Fantasy Half. I organise the Cups. You can... <laughs> if you like your podcast, leave us a review. It helps out a lot. And we'll be back, I think, next week to cover the game week. And again, guys, thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Gunnar. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Tom. Bye-bye. And it's goodbye for me. Gatchies. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.